0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith, and this is my conversation with a fella called Bjorn Strid. He's from Sweden and he's in a couple of bands. One of them is Night Flight Orchestra, and the other one is Soilwork. Work. Now, the reason for the conversation is to promote Night Flight Orchestra's brand new album called Sometimes the World Ain't Enough. But I also thought it would be a good opportunity to talk to Bjorn about his very good friend who's in a coma. One of the best guitarists of all time in my view, Mr. Ralph Santola. Let's have a listen to what Bjorn has to say. Here we go.
1: Good. How are
0: you? Plugging away on on the side of the road here, some somewhere in the uh Brisbane Bayside suburb of Birkdale. So greetings from <laughs> greetings from the side of the highway. <laughs> I've just <laughs> I've just gone and picked up a um a Galleon Kruger four by ten that was on the market on Gumtree, which is a bit like eBay over here and um and a fellow, as I'm living, I'm on the north northern side of the Gold Coast, but I knew I had my interview with you on, so it was a case of just sort of fitting that in between feeding the kids and getting dinner organized, picking that up, and then having a chat to your good self. All right, cool. <laughs> cool, man. How's things been going for you with the release of the new album? Uh,
1: good. It's been uh, pretty intense, uh, very busy, a lot of press, and uh, meanwhile just finished up the, the soul work the new soul work album as well so um yeah it's good times (laughs) indeed yeah Yeah,
0: for sure you've always got a a lot going on so let's talk about this new album first so look i was we had a chat about a year ago you've probably done hundreds of interviews between then and now Mm. so i certainly won't ask if you can recall but look i was impressed with your previous release back then amber galactic but i think i like this one more to be honest with you Sometimes the world really? ain't enough. Yeah, I think I just got used to your sound through Amber Galactic, and I—I'd say that you consolidated the sound, and I—I I couldn't be so. I'm not so familiar with the album that I can name every track on it, but I listened to albums in my car, and I just find mm. it's a great driving album. This new one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that—that that was one one of the reasons, you know, we started the band, you know, to sort of create a. Uh, Sort of a soundtrack of, of being in, in in motion. So it it definitely mm. makes sense. I mean, listening to it in the car is it's probably a very good way of, you know, sort of sort of getting a nice introduction to to our music.
0: And did you did the same musicians appear on this album here as what appeared on Amber Galactic? Uh,
1: yes, uh, with the addition of the two backups uh, vocalists uh, that are featured on some of the songs. Um, uh, we like to call them the Airline Annas. And they're the backup singers that we had with us live, and uh, yeah. we we thought it would have been cool to to have them at least on a few songs on, on the album. So it, it, it definitely gives a little bit of ABBA flair to it, I guess.
0: Cool, yeah. So do, do you get a lot of pressure from Nuclear Blast to focus on one or the other? I'm talking about Soil Work or Night Flight Orchestra, or do they just go, mate, you've been doing this 20 years or 25 years or whatever it is at this stage. Go ahead and do your thing.
1: Um, uh, there's no pressure really. Uh, thank God. Uh there's enough pressure as it, as it is coming from other uh um directions basically. But yeah. no, I mean the label is, is, is still you know, they're still backing up soil work and, and they also think Knife Light Orchestra is, is really, really exciting. So there's there seems to be a balance, you know. Um mm. And and for us, we have the same booking agents as well for Soilwork and Night Flight Orchestra. Otherwise, it probably would have turned into a disaster. Um, yeah. So that definitely helps,
0: you know. But um, I think it's a great vibe coming from from the label. Have you ever – have you had any riffs that you thought were destined for, say, soil work, for example, but you've reworked them into the framework that you're working within, within Night Flight Orchestra?
1: Uh, No, I can't say that I've happened. Maybe – a melody here and there, but it's no. I mean, it's u- usually very separated. I've, it, it's like an easy switch, and I always know like what's destined for work or Nightflat Orchestra, you know. And, and okay. I think Solwork is is very much a band where we sort of decide, you know, should we should we you know approach the songwriting for a new album, you know, that we sort of make a decision there. And and with mm. Nightflat, it's more of a constant thing. We just keep writing songs, and we never really leave the studio. So um, Mm. I think that's the difference there. And I I guess it makes it easier to sort of separate things as well.
0: Okay. Now, when we last spoke to, I asked you if you thought you might be coming down to Australia. So I guess I'll ask the same question again because I know it's (laughs) it's difficult to, to come down, mate. But do you guys think that you'll be down anytime soon?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the fan base is definitely growing and I've been doing so much press uh, for Australia and uh, I mean, I think that the, the chances are, are definitely bigger on, on this album, but it's also a matter of, of budget in the end, but if people really spread the word and, you know, pick up the album and, and uh, you know, we're going to do everything we we can, you know, to, to make it happen, it, w- it would be fantastic.
0: Hmm. I'm going to switch gears completely if that's okay, because... When last we spoke as well, I think it was the next day or the day after, I had a, I've spoken to him now a couple of times, but Ralph Santola, who of course, yeah. is, as we're both talking, he's, he's in a coma as we're speaking. Yeah. Um, I know you're good mates with him because I had a really good conversation about you with him. He was talking, I don't know who would know this unless you have a conversation with the fella, an intimate conversation, but he shared with me that he actually moved to Sweden, and I don't want to misquote him, but I think he said he actually lived with you or he moved over there and he's good mates with you and got to hang out with you a fair bit. So, yeah. if it's okay with you, mate, um, I got a lot of listen. A lot of people who listen to my podcast come from North America. So, what I'd like to do for somebody who is so familiar with Ralph, because I, look, I don't want to beat around the bush here. I mean, his situation is extremely dire, as I understand it. I only am reading on the internet what his mother's mm. shared. But do you know what's what's going on with him and how he arrived at this point? And I'm not asking for any gossip or anything like that. But there are a lot of people out there that are massive fans of his work, and I think we just um, just like to hear your thoughts on 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 him as a man as a guitarist on maybe how he arrived at the point that he's at right now yeah
1: i mean of course i'm i I'm, I'm devastated uh, about the news and 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 just like two days before that you know he posted this thing um I can't remember exactly what it was, but we what we always talked about like starting somewhat of a like an art pop band together, you know, and I, I really admire him as a musician and, and as a human being. And and he um, he always gives me so much credit as, as, as a singer. You know, he always makes posts and, and, and you know, it's it's very inspiring. You know, coming from him he's a, an amazing musician. And uh, uh, I don't think I've gotten more encouragement from from any other Musician than Ralph Santola, which is a beautiful thing. So and I am I'm am obviously devastated about About this and I I guess I'm still sort of Coping with it like or sort of like
0: I probably, don't know it, it, it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: it's, it's it yeah. hasn't really set in it yet. It's like it's crazy it's, He was just there, you know, we talked and now he's in a coma. It's just I I I don't know, maybe I'm just refusing to believe that it's true and that he is, is just going to wake up and have a laugh again, you know, because he's, he's one of the funniest people on this planet. Uh, I've had so many laughs with him and, uh, and he, he lived at my house for, for, um, for a while there and, he, you know, he was going through a pretty rough time and he's, he, he's lived a very interesting life, you know, and, mm. um, uh, and some rocky roads, but he's a beautiful human being with a heart of gold. Um, for sure and an amazing musician so I, I just really oh, hope we'll get out of this nightmare you know soon uh, and I'm, I'm obviously very distracted by the night flight uh, press going on right now and then mm. you know when I stop a minute and it's like oh you know that wasn't a nightmare it's th- it's actually happening you know so yeah it, it's not looking too good you know that's the thing but yeah, we gotta keep our hopes up
0: no, really in, do. indeed, yeah, he actually, well, I, I, the podcast episode of my conversation with Ralph was out there for anybody to listen to, but um, I remember when he was talking about you, because he, he proclaimed himself to be very right-leaning or a Republican in the, in the US mm-hmm. or the American speak, and you're very liberal, and he said, yeah. he was talking about your friendship, how you're basically the odd couple words to the effect that you're the odd couple but you still have a great friendship regardless and that's what he really appreciated about you and and he loved living in sweden as well
1: yeah yeah i think sweden misses him too you know it's yeah. uh um yeah it's what it's one of those those guys that you wish you lived around the corner you know from it's like you you would you would love to to hang out with him every day because he he's um you know, he has very different opinions than I mean, me, you know, political views and everything. But it's, hmm. you know, it's always interesting to have. He's he's a very intelligent man. You know, I loved having discussions with him, you know, and they were always very civilized. And, and but at the same time, very sort of, I don't know, personal and sort of heartfelt, whatever, you know, topic we're touching on. So.
0: Yeah. How did you guys, how did the friendship start between the two of you? That is a very good question, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember. <laughs>
1: uh, but I mean it, it, I think it I think it did start with him coming out to one of her shows with Soil Work, um, and I guess he came up to me, uh, and that must have been...: Well, at least 10 years ago, maybe like 12, 13, I don't know 15. Hmm. It's hard to. It, it is a little bit blurry, but somehow it, it was just like we just connected sort of instantly, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah and do you know? Do you know um, what, what, what my opening statement? I think I mentioned. Do you know how how he's arrived at this point that he's in a coma? But do you, do you know if he had an existing health condition that? that led up to this point because I'm mates with him on Facebook as well you know we've spoken twice so two one hour mm-hmm. long conversations and we're friends on Facebook so I don't know each other by any means but I know following him on Facebook he was constantly he was talking about being bitten by a spider now yeah I know that's what he mistook his 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 pain for but was was there was there some sort of an interaction with a spider that led up to this is that what's been the precursor to him having it landing in a coma do you know
1: I'm not sure. I, I don't think in this case go I, I remember that was probably like 2 3 years ago and 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 I I back then he definitely did have a spider bite. You know? yeah. Um but I mean there's no way it could have happened again. It just ha- sounds very unlikely that it would happen again, you know. So I think it's huh. it is something else, you know. It's been um you know, I don't want to go into detail, but I mean he 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 you know, at times he lived a pretty rough life, you know. and, yeah, and uh yeah. yeah. But uh, I think also the impression that I've in the latest years is that he's been taking care of himself, you know. He's been a very, very happy person and he's been, you know, working out more. He's been going to the gym. He's been, you know pounding gall- gallons of water every day that's what he always told me and it's like i'm doing good i'm doing good it's like okay so it's like you know it's very inspiring too you know it's it is it is a hard life being a musician you know it's uh yeah yes yeah. in many ways
0: you know how, and how about yourself then with with you you're spot on i mean I've, I've done hundreds of interviews at this point and i know a lot of the time a musician's life is waiting in airports being on airplanes and i mean there are a lot of temptations out there on the road and when, you're yeah. not, when you've not got the grind of a day job, a nine-to-five where, you, for example, you can't drink on a Tuesday night if you don't want to have a hangover for the Wednesday morning when you go to work, that sort of thing. Musicians do live in a bubble where they can almost do that sort of thing. And um, yeah. How have you avoided the temptation? Because my impression of you is that you've, you've always been an extraordinarily hard worker and the quality of your, your music, your product has always been very high. So what motivates you and how have you kept on the straight and narrow after all of these years?
1: Well, I mean, it's there have been times when when it, when it's hard to not self-medicate, you know. Um, hmm. It's which I have done at times, you know, and and um, especially when there's so much intense touring, you know, involved. And like you said, everything is available, and it's almost like every day is Saturday. But it's I also yeah. sort of hit a wall in the late 2000s, you know, uh, and you know. I just felt like I can't keep do, doing this, you know, and uh, I never felt that I had any sort of withdrawals, you know, or s- s- any kind of abstinence, but it was it was sort of hard to sort of sh- shut it off, like coming home from the road, you know, there's so much happening for like five weeks and then you come home and it's all silent and there's yes. nothing going yep. you know, and it's the hardest part. And it was almost like I had no troubles, you know, just quitting cold turkey, it's like, okay, now it's home, you know, then it's, like, it's almost like, thank God, I don't have to drink anymore. You know, that's what it felt like at Jeez, the time.
0: Yeah. okay,
1: yeah. When I came home, you know, it was almost like, you know, it, it was a hard switch, you know, um, and there were times when he ended up in a black hole, you know, coming home from tour. But, mm. um, Ever since then, I've been cutting cutting down a lot on my drinking. And, and nowadays, I'm, I'm extremely careful, you know, because uh, I know what's going to happen. If I drink every day, even if it, it's, you know, on the road, I can't do that anymore. Even uh. if, it's, if it's just three beers and a shot per day, that's that's I can't handle that anymore because I just feel bad mentally. And that's why I cut down on it. And, and I need to drink for the right reasons, you know, when it's sort of a, a social thing or if it's it's. Fun. It's not to so, sort of kill boredom or, you know, to sort of cover up for a hangover. I just need to make sure that I d- n- don't get yeah. hungover because then you're going to end up sort of covering that hung- hangover for the rest of the tour. And that's extremely destructive because it will catch up with you when you come home.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Wise words and sage advice. I mean, I, I just, I, my own view is I'm 40 these days and I think drinking's a young man's game or young girl's game, you know what I mean? It's a young person's game. I think once you eat about 35 or 40, you're just almost not going to give it up, but it's in extreme moderation after that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, the worst part is really mentally. I mean, you know, uh, having a hangover, sort of, you know, headache, you can cure that. But like, if you had, get anxiety and, and all yes. those things, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, it's it's just not worth it anymore. You know, and, and I'd rather be happy and, and, and take care of myself, uh, take care of myself and then sort of choose my battles. You know, I'm, I'm still drinking, but I sort of pick my battles.
0: Yeah, got it. Yep. All right, mate, I better let you go. It's been a pleasure once again. Thanks so much for sharing what you did about yes. Ralph. And, you know, we I know me and my family are saying prayers for him, as I'm sure you are, mate. But uh Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. Good luck with the album and uh, subsequent tours, and I do hope to catch up with you again and shake your hand when you come to Australia. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Okay, thanks very much, brother. All
1: right. Thank you so much for your time. Take uh-huh. care. Cheers. Cheers. Great. Bye.
0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with Bjorn Strid, a member of the bands Night Flight Orchestra and also Soilwork. Thank you so much for listening.